Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Welcome to Millennial 639. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. My ballot has been dropped off. It is done. I have voted. I wish this meant that you no longer had to receive all the voting things that you receive in the mail. I wish it meant I didn't have to see any more commercials. I didn't have to watch another debate. I didn't have to think about Trump ever again. But still got to deal with all that. It was a good feeling, though. It was a very smooth process, and everybody was very friendly, and there was a ton of people there voting, which was good to see. And because we filled out our ballots, we went through the special line. It felt like having a fast pass and just dropped it in a very boring box. I was hoping for an awesome box like the ones in California, but it was this little silver thing. I was like, I'm not taking a picture with this. This is boring. (laughs) So all three of us have voted then. Yeah. We're done. Good night, everybody. We did it. (laughs) can just kick back until November. <laughs> right. That's how it works, right? That's how it works. Well, I wanted to say that I've joined Andrew uh, texting with Team Biden. So I was up late on the, like, quote, late night texting task force last night. We were texting until about 10 p.m. I can't say that I had, like, too many meaningful interactions. I did have one that was so sweet because we were asking people to volunteer And this lady got back to me and was like, I can't um, because I work in like a nursing facility, but I'll encourage all of our residents to vote for Biden. And I was like, oh, it was so sweet. Um, But I definitely got some trolls. Like I got somebody who wrote back in all caps and they like wouldn't stop messaging. They were like, get on the Trump train, Trump 2020. (laughs) And it like it kept coming. And I was like, oh, my God. Please stop. Can you yeah. block those people after a while or? <laughs> no. Okay. Like, I think in that scenario, I would just opt them out, Laura. And then I think that's blocking them. Yeah. I mean, uh, from the training, though, it sounds like you're not supposed to opt people out just because they're trolls or Republicans. Uh-huh. I mean, I know there's a lot of overlap there, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I it, think you opt. Right. It stopped. Yeah, no, you're right. It stopped yeah. after a few messages. But I was like, okay, I get it. Have a great night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, honestly, I haven't done that in about a week, but I'm probably going to again. The last time I did it was the night of the VP debate because they really Mm -hmm. needed people to text. Um, so yeah, I might hop in there again. It's it's fun. There are great moments like the one you mentioned a couple minutes ago about the nursing home. And, and it really does feel like you're making a difference because these people are asking you questions and you have tools at your disposal to give them answers. Tons of answers are pre-written for you. So you can just paste that into the convo and then hopefully encourage them to vote Biden. Yeah, I did get somebody who said, oh, hell no, I'm not doing this. Our votes are trash. It doesn't mean anything. I wanted Bernie. And oh, come on. And I just followed up and I was like, hey, listen, a lot of the issues that you care about, you know, are health care, 
um, you know, funding for higher education, um, you know, justice, all of these things are on the ballot. And it's going to take all of us working together in order to make progress. And he just got back to me and was like, well, hopefully I voted for Biden. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was like, when? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to circle back on a story we talked about a few months ago on the show. It's a pandemic related story. Do y'all remember when we talked about the uptick in people taking their animals to the vets for like weird, random perceived health issues? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was determined that because people are at home, they're just staring at their pets more. Um, Well, I became that person last week. So I was rubbing Canela's belly. And Canela, she's eight. So she's like getting into senior dog territory. And Mm -hmm. I noticed that her, like the skin on her stomach just felt a little different, like particularly around her mammary glands. Mm. And I was like, ooh, like, dog bridging into senior territory. I better go get this checked out to make sure it's not like an infection or like, God forbid, cancer or something like that. So I take her in and the vet's like feeling around. She's like touching it and stuff. And she's like, yeah, this honestly just feels like fat to me. But I'm going to take a sample um, just so that we can, you know, have peace of mind. And so she, mm-hmm. they took her back. And they came back and she was like, yeah, good news. It was just fat. Um, she's put on a little bit of weight and that's just where she stores it. Turns out <laughs> my dog has gained five pounds this year. Oh my year. gosh. This, oh, just wow. like everybody else she's in quarantine. I, yeah, she is. So I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, I got to do something. Like, it's one thing for me. Like, I'm responsible for my own body, right? But I'm also responsible for her body. And I was like, oh, hell no. Like, I'm not going to let this happen. So Canela's on a diet now. She's not happy about it. Um, (laughs) But it was honestly kind of a relief to hear that she had just gained weight. I was like, oh. Yeah, of course. We can work on that. Like, it's nothing... You Do know. you think it's your, is it your parents feeding her more when you're not looking? Because one time I had to go on a work trip to LA and so I left Jasper with my grandparents and I was gone for three days and I swear to God, he, I came back and he was a little husky. So <laughs> even though I had measured out the food for the, like his each and every meal for them Aww. and everything, like they definitely double dipped on quite a few things. I well, first of all, um, my dad listens to the show. Hey, dad. Um, oh, sorry, Laura's dad. Uh, no, you're fine. Um, I think that everybody has been enjoying spoiling the dogs during That's this fair. period of time. So I don't, I don't think it would be fair to highlight any particular culprits. I think we've all had a hand in it. But yeah, yeah Canella put on her COVID nineteen. So yeah. And then you had to pay the vet probably like a hundred dollars just yep, to tell you that. That was that yep. was that. I literally got home and I was like, Canella, I just paid the vet a hundred dollars to tell me you've gained weight. <laughs> uh, Pam, you had an incident this week, huh? Yeah, I I was that person and I forgot to wear my mask and it was while I was pumping gas at Costco. So at least I guess oh, it was that's outside. Not too bad. But but so I was standing there pumping gas, thinking about a million other things. And all of a sudden, I just felt like everybody was staring at me. And I was like, oh, like, 
why why is everybody looking? Is there something on my face? Is like, did my dress fly up? Or it turns out it's because there was nothing on my face. And <laughs> No one said anything. And by the time I realized that I was basically already done pumping gas, so it didn't make sense to put it on. But the amount of shame and guilt I felt as I drove away was astronomical and also well deserved because we <laughs> should were outside, still be though. Masks. When you told us there you had the story, signs everywhere, like, oh, right in front of the like, right at eye level, there's a big sign that says masks are required. This, and I mean, this could just be a regional difference. I mean, Clearly, my state is doing a horrible job with this. But my understanding was always as long as you're outside and socially distant. Yeah, it just always like made 10 times worse because after I real I got in the car and I looked around and there were like multiple signs up within eye distance that said, mm-hmm. you know, masks must be worn at all times. I have masks hanging yeah. on my rearview mirror, so I never forget what to have one when I leave oh, the house. Pam. Yeah. What an angel. What an angel. You know, I'm trying to do my part here. Not that I leave the house very often, but. I just keep my mask in my car because I need my car to go anywhere that's going to require a mask. So I don't even bring them back into the house. Yeah. I have one in my purse and a spare in the car. And if I'm going inside somewhere, I absolutely put it on. But if I'm doing something outside and there aren't, it's not like a crowd of people, I don't bother. (laughs) Yeah. Waiting for someone to write in and be like, you're fucking up. Yeah. But, you know, there's if you're the odd one out, it's not a good look. And I just like left thinking these people definitely think that I'm one of those people that doesn't wear masks ever and I'm never going to see them again. But that's yeah. their one impression of me is that I'm one of those crazies. In a way, it's good that there's so much shame around not wearing mm, a mask now. Right. Because. True. These anti-maskers are going to feel feel pressured into actually wearing one. By the way, just wanted to offer a quick plug for our latest After Dark. We did a confessional installment and there were such great confessionals and we had a lot of fun discussing them all. We also um, retold some personal stories of our own and I was encouraged to write a new fan fiction of sorts, which I will be announcing in this week's After Dark. It is ready to go. It is ready for the publishing world. So I can't wait to share more information about that. Um, So check out that latest After Dark over on our Patreon. It was some really good good stuff. Let's have some fun at the beginning of today's show. We're about two weeks away from the election. Let's not think about it for a little while. Following up on last week's discussion about leaving reviews for businesses, let's do live readings of our bitchiest (laughs) Yelp and Google reviews. We spoke about these last week. We thought we got to do this because looking through our history, we've we've been Karens for sure over the years. I can start. Um, So I found a review that I left of a nail salon in May of 2019. And apparently I left it like right after I was done at the salon. Um, It says, just got done here an hour ago. Job was fine. Seemed a bit rushed, though. And some nails are uneven. The real kicker is that one nail popped off already, literally an hour after I left. $45 is pretty expensive for that. And then I went back (laughs) and updated the review later. Update. (laughs) <laughs> it's been a week in that time. And in that time, half the nails in this set popped off through regular life, like opening the fridge, reaching in my pocket, etc. And I gave them a two star review. That That's valid. <laughs> I don't feel like it was unwarranted. No, no. $45 is a lot of money for something like that. 
So, Laura, I have to read this one. I forgot I did this. I reviewed the Claremont Lounge in Atlanta. Ah! The the shitty strip bar with old women strippers. But the thing, it's great because it's self-aware. It knows what it is. It's just, okay. you have to be from here to get it. It's fine. <laughs> Look, I did have a good time, which is why I'm so surprised that I wrote this review. I guess I was in a bad <laughs> mood that night or something. So here's my review of the Claremont Lounge. One star, old women dancing, entertaining for a short while, for sure. But the indoor smoking is horrid, and the place is a complete dive. Bands was having problems and didn't start anywhere on time, so we left. Didn't care for the same five girls again and again. In short, don't believe the hype around this place. It's just shit. <laughs> oh I don't God. know why I wrote that. It's a little unfair. Oh Andrew, God. would you have cared for any of the girls? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. I could be attracted to women. There was one young girl there, I remember. She was like the the break, the sight for sore eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'll never forget a, uh, that one of the old strippers uh, lighting her titties on fire. That <laughs> yeah. was really something. Did you, did you get to see her crush the Coke can between her boobs? That's another thing. I believe so. Yeah, yeah that was good. While I was breathing in a lot of secondhand smoke, that was <laughs> suffocating me. <laughs> All right, Pam, do you have I, one? I don't. I'm. I can't be bothered. Oh, Pam's to an angel. Time. No, it's not. It's. I'll just complain to people in my life. You know. I see. Yeah, it's like it takes work to sign up. Honestly, I don't even have a Yelp account, so that's probably why I resist. <laughs> I've got others. Um. So <laughs> I used to be down the street in Chicago from an Insomnia Cookies. Have you guys heard of those Ooh, places? Yep. Yeah, Had those yeah. in New York. New York. Yeah, they're they're open to like 4 a.m. It's really for high people. You get high around 1 a.m. and then you order some hot cookies freshly made. Well, the insomnia down the street from me was fucking terrible during my time in Chicago. And I wrote a review. <laughs> this is such a first world problem. My order with a whopping four cookies was missing a cookie. How hard is it to get a single digit cookie order right? Especially for these dumb prices. That's what pissed me off. Insomnia is expensive. The least they can do is get your order right. So I posted that review, one star, and then I added an update after I forgave them and ordered a second time. Update, another order, another big screw up. Four cookies ordered, only two showed up. This place sucks. They probably saw your first review. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they were yeah. like fuck this guy uh i reviewed a comfort inn in manhattan which has since closed i see uh, probably because of your review yes i brought them down <laughs> two stars may 2015 misplaced your key and need to get into your room in the middle of the night too bad i lost my key and returned to the hotel around 3 a.m Despite my name being on the room, the person at the desk refused to accept that a person would be asking for a new room key at this late hour and refused to give me a new one. He said there was no reason for somebody to be getting a key in the early morning hours. While I agree it's unusual, it's no reason to refuse me service when my name is on the room. Despicable service. That one was justified. Despicable. I was locked out of my hotel room at 3 a.m. I kind of needed to get in there to sleep, you know? So what did you do? Did you just hang out in the lobby? Eventually, uh, my boyfriend came down and let me in. (laughs) Actually, Laura, (laughs) this was a night we hung out. 
Oh, is this you my were in New fault? York in 2015, right? I was. Yeah. Was yeah, it so, summer? It wasn't your fault. It was like summertime. We yeah, went out. Yeah, May 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember we recorded a blog on a street corner in the dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good times. Good times. <laughs> so yeah, I've left some bad reviews in my time. It's it's fun, but also sometimes they deserve it. And this is how you get the anger out. It's better than like burning the building down. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, well, we're going to play a game here in a moment, but we know many of you are in the midst of midterms, which is where our first sponsor of the week comes in. Bartleby Wright is here to help you submit papers with confidence. Bartleby is a writing help monthly subscription service. For just $9.99 a month, Bartleby can help because they offer checkers for spelling, grammar, and plagiarism. They also have a citation tool for MLA, APA, and Chicago style, and they'll even give your paper a preliminary score. Bartleby Wright will provide comprehensive insights into the overall health of your document, and it's accessible from your desktop, laptop, tablet, or phone. How easy is that? And we have a special deal for our listeners. Go to getbartleby.com slash M-I-L-L for a free month of Bartleby Wright. That's G-E-T-B-A-R-T-L-E-B-Y dot com slash M-I-L-L for a free month trial of Bartleby Wright. Write better right now with Bartleby Wright. Okay, so... I found out this week that the Google app for iOS and Android can now figure out what song you are humming. So if you're ever stuck in a situation where that song is on the tip of your tongue, you can't remember the lyrics, you can't remember the title, but you do know how it goes, now you can hum to the Google app and it will attempt to figure it out. I've tested this a couple times. It it works pretty well, but I thought we should give it a try live on air. And uh, the added twist on this game is that we're going to hum it into our phones. But before we read Google's answer, the rest of the panel has to guess the song that we're humming <laughs> to see if we're as good as Google is. Yeah. And feel free to guess in the Discord as well. Yes. Yes, please do. Okay. So I'll go first. I have my Google app open. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Got okay, it. so what song do you think it is? Oops, oh, that I was Britney. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yep. And Google thought so too. A 51% match. Well done. <laughs> I guess I screwed up some of the notes. Half of them. yeah it's pretty cool right yeah that is cool very nervous i tried this earlier and i felt like i fucked it up like i hummed the notes all wrong right you have to get the notes right and you have to hum for long enough yeah and eventually you just feel like an idiot for humming so long yeah i know that's what's about to happen here okay I have no fucking I clue. What? Hardly hear you, Laura. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Was I not close enough? <laughs> Google got it right. Oh wow! Well, there you go. 
What obscure song is this? It was Despacito. That's not an obscure song. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like the number gonna, one song. <laughs> I look forward to hearing that back in editing. <laughs> I feel like I should have known that. Wow. Oh, see, the Discord got it. They heard me. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Okay. Okay. It's done. It's done its thing. I know, I know I, the tune. Me too. This is what the app is for, for us <laughs> to crack the code. My heart, don't ever look back. What the fuck is the chorus? Yeah. That is the chorus. <laughs> don't, uh, no, oh, well, you know what I, I think, mean. What yeah. I think the Discord has it. Yeah, they do. As Teenage soon as I dream. saw it, yeah. I was, uh, that's funny. I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that's what it was. Yep. mm <laughs> 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 Any guesses? No. It sounds familiar, but I don't know. Google didn't know either. <laughs> yeah. The percent matches are very low. <laughs> I was doing Are You Gonna Be My Girl by uh, oh, Jet. That's a blast. Are oh, You Gonna yeah. Be My Girl. <laughs> it's hard when yeah. you're humming, too. Like, I feel like if I was just using this on my own, I'd just be doing like little do 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 do's or something because. Right, yeah. right. I feel like I run out of breath, too. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Haley says Andrew humming is going to be my new ringtone. Okay, oh, sure. <laughs> I do love it. That sounds like one of these. Okay, got it. <laughs> I want to oh, see nice. if the Discord gets it. I, I I don't know what that is. <laughs> very vaguely familiar, but it's uh Baby I'm Yours by Breakbot. I don't know I don't that. It's that like song. it's like I thought I had it all together. Oh, okay. Maybe I've it was, heard it, it was once big or twice. for a minute. The Discord is silent. So they <laughs> are. They <laughs> are. They're like, what the fuck minute. are you talking about? <laughs> Liza, Liza wants to said, know. Is this a musical? <laughs> I was gonna say that. <laughs> a really bad one. <laughs> All right, Pam, bring us home. Yep. It's Mamma Mia. Yeah, it's Mamma Mia. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if you want to maybe, I don't know, this could be a fun game with your friends at home if you want to do this yeah. over Zoom yeah, or something. Could it could be kind of fun. With it or yeah, get super drunk yeah. and then see how off key you are. Yeah, but I'm totally mm-hmm. going to be using this feature because, yeah, you know, you just get in those situations where you're like, oh, man, what is that song? Google's out here putting uh, Shazam out of business. And Yeah, I know. Yeah. Apple bought Shazam. Did they? So maybe that's, oh, no. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be more tightly integrated soon. Maybe uh, this is Google's response to such an acquisition. Okay, it is time now for the Rona Roundup. <laughs> Thank you. 
It's a grim day for Jeffrey Tubin. He is a big voice on CNN. I mean, I love him on CNN. He is sharp. He is insightful. He wrote the book on O.J. Simpson's trial, um, which was turned into a TV series, American Crime Story. Very good. Well, Jeffrey Tubin is on a call, a Zoom call, with the staff at The New Yorker last week. He thought he had his camera off, but he didn't. And he was masturbating during the meeting. <laughs> this was all sent to the staff. And at first it was just reported that his, you know, his penis was out. Like, okay, that's weird. Maybe he just walked into the room and forgot the Zoom conference call was happening. But no, he was masturbating during the meeting. Um, very disturbing. Just a reminder. Make sure your camera is off before jerking it during a Zoom call. Okay? I just, I know I've asked this question before, but I don't understand the obsession. And not everyone has this, but I don't understand the obsession with penises. Like, why, why would one feel the need to masturbate while in a meeting? And to add a little more context here, it doesn't make any of this any... You know, more okay or anything. Um, but they were in an election simulation with multiple members of the New York Post plus uh, WNYC radio. And what they had done was the people who were cast as Democrats and Republicans got sent into Zoom breakout rooms. This is a feature on Zoom where you can basically break people up into separate mini meetings and then everyone comes back to the same room when the breakout rooms are done. So this was what happened. I guess Tubin was not in one of the many rooms and was just by himself in the main room. And when everyone came back, they saw his dick. Fap, 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 fap. <laughs> and I'm like, you knew they were only going to be in those breakout rooms for a few minutes. Why? Yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, it's not that hard to tell if your camera is on or off in Zoom. Yeah, it's just so embarrassing for him. And I I've been reading up on him today. Actually, he's got a checkered history. This may be the beginning oh, of the really? end for him. Uh-oh, yeah. that's too bad. Like, he impregnated a reporter or something like that and then encouraged her to get an abortion. All this while he was married, by the way. He still is married, so... Anyway, the big story this week, though, cases are dramatically on the rise again. This was expected. We're at a point with new daily case numbers that is surpassing, getting close to surpassing that second wave a couple months ago. And there's still no nationwide plan to do anything about this. We're just cruising towards the election. And what I'm worried about now is that Trump loses the election and then he just does not give a shit about saving this country from coronavirus. Or he wins the election and he doesn't give a shit about helping this country get beyond this crisis yeah. um either way we're fucked i mean i'm hopeful the the states will keep him in check i will say i mean we're obviously um we are some of the worst culprits for this but we're not even the only place where cases are going up again i don't know if y'all heard but last week i think the entire city of paris had um curfews and lockdowns implemented because cases started spiking there again and i, in I have UK, a friend in dublin cases blew up. too mm -hmm. and she said that they're getting ready to go into lockdown i think again as well yeah so i remember a few months ago they started reopening big time and i was like wow that's so great I'm jealous of all those people over in england not anymore 
Well, it's a false sense of security, right? Because they are yeah. to, but at the same time, lo- logistically speaking, it makes sense because they had their first wave before we did. So of course they would have their second wave earlier than we will. And this is how it's going to be again and again. We're just going to keep going up and down, up and down, up and down. And we knew this upcoming winter would probably be bad. It remains to be seen just how bad it's going to be. But I would not be surprised if we're seeing over 100,000 new cases every day. And of course, the big question is going to be, are hospitals going to be able to handle this? Are, are, is the death rate going to be ticking up? It's remains steady for the time being, but it could tick up again. So stay inside, everybody. Yeah, just because people in your life may be acting like this is over. Um, it's very much not. Mm-hmm. How about the stimulus package? What's going on there, Laura? Yeah, so this was just a quick update. Um, over the weekend, Nancy Pelosi said that she and Mnuchin would need to reach a consensus on a stimulus by Tuesday. That's the day after this episode is recorded. Um, if the White House wants it done by the election. So how are we feeling about those odds? <laughs> By tomorrow, yeah, I don't think a deal is <laughs> no, going to be struck. No, not at no. all. <laughs> but they need to keep powering through. Who cares if it if it's put into place before or after the election? It doesn't make a difference at this point. People are still going to need the money. Oh yeah, no, that's completely right. But the White House is only wanting to do this before the election to give themselves a potential boost. So Pelosi's like, okay, like. We can do that, but we have to reach a consensus by this date because anything after that is just not going to get done in time for November 3rd. And uh, the part of this was, too, that the White House actually removed something like 55 percent of the language from what Democrats were proposing for the stimulus. And House Dems are being like, mm, no, fuck that. You're mm-hmm. you're cutting way too much necessary assistance out of this in order for Mm -hmm. us to get on board. So I feel like they're going to continue powering ahead with a potential deal up until the election, because I think that would still help Trump. He wants to be able to show potential voters that he's trying to do something. Who cares if it's actually enacted before or after the election at this point? I don't know. He's got to try anything. Yeah, I mean, he's it, it kind of reminds me of similar moves of desperation in the past, like, Obviously, this was not as big of a deal as coronavirus is. But like John McCain, when he was running against Obama, the McCain campaign knew that they were going to lose very early. And that was why they chose Sarah Palin for VP, because they were like, fuck it. Mm -hmm. Like, we got to try something. And I think we're seeing a similar act of desperation here. Yeah. Uh, Also, just wanted to talk about some quick vaccine updates. Uh, Johnson and Johnson paused their COVID-19 vaccine trial because of an unexplained illness in one of its volunteers. This happened with another vaccine trial a few weeks ago we talked about. This actually isn't uncommon in vaccine trials. This is pretty normal process, but um, I think it's really important for us to kind of like signal boost that because the White House and Trump keep trying to lead us to believe that a vaccine is coming very, very soon, and it's not. Um, as evidenced also by Pfizer, who said that they will not seek vaccine authorization before mid-November. So mm-hmm. not that I think much of most of our audience would take these claims seriously. Um, but I think sometimes, you know, depending on what media outlets 
you're most frequently exposed to, you might be hearing a different kind of slant and yeah, there's no vaccine. <laughs> okay, well, moving over to Trumpster Fire now. So the second debate had been canceled and Biden decided that he was going to host the town hall in place of the debate. Well, Trump said, I want to do that, too. And then NBC gave him the same exact time slot as Biden's over on ABC. So there were these dueling town halls pissed a lot of people off that NBC would grant Trump this town hall airing at the exact same time as the Biden one. And you know why Trump wanted to do that. He wanted to go head to head with Biden. And guess what? Biden beat him in the ratings. <laughs> and I bring it up only because you know that drives Trump crazy. Trump was on three mm-hmm. networks. Biden was only on one and still beat Trump by a million viewers. So awesome. This was Pretty honestly impressive. a very pleasant surprise, though. I really thought that given that NBC also mentioned that it was going to be available to stream, you know, on their YouTube channel, on Peacock, on on uh like their normal website and stuff like that. All of that counts towards views too. So I really mm-hmm. thought that given all of the channels and all of the different avenues that, that, that it was going to be like this false sense of security when they came out with some stats that showed that he had more viewers, but just across, you know, multiple platforms. So yeah, uh, vengeance was sweet for sure. Agreed. So what was previously going to be the third debate is now going to be the second and final debate. And I just saw on Twitter that it's official. There's going to be a mute button. Oh, my God. Oh, that's wow. Amazing. The mute button will be put into place when it's not the candidate's turn to speak. So I think that's great. And hopefully yep. that'll make things a little more civil. We will see, though. Also. The debate is this Thursday, and we're going to host a live text chat while the debate is happening over on our Millennial for All Discord. This Discord is not exclusive to patrons. It is for everybody. So if you have a Discord account, which is free, uh, keep an eye out for the link to this Discord channel in our social media channels on Thursday. And we'll all hang out there and watch the debate together and drink and try to cope and look out for each other. Because <laughs> we're gonna need it. I wanna, I wanna watch with everybody. It'll be a lot of fun. I think. Yeah. To be honest, this is the only way I would want to watch the debate. I almost found myself thinking, "Oh God, do I even want to watch this?" Like, me too. It's so exhausting. But I feel like we all kind of like lift each other up in this community. So it'll be um, a nice place to be. <laughs> <laughs> we're all in this together. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Are you humming high school music? A missed opportunity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, a couple of things of note from Pew Research Center, my favorites. Um, just half of registered voters expect to know the outcome of the election within a day or two of the election. Um, so that's pretty astounding that you're looking at about 50% of registered voters saying, I don't expect to know the outcome of the election by like November 5th or 6th. Uh, And I kind of wanted to take our temperature here on the panel and see if we have any feelings about how quickly we might get results. Well, you've been warning us we might have to wait weeks to get an answer. And that really bums me out. Of course, we all want to know straight away. 
Though I did a little bit of reading on this, and I saw I was looking into states that actually start counting the mail-in ballots early. And Florida is actually one state that starts counting them, I think, I think two weeks early. So to me, the main question is, how many of those key states are going to begin counting their ballots early versus starting to count the mail-in ballots on Election Day? I don't know why they all don't start counting them early. That seems bullshit to me. Yeah, I don't get it either. Here in Georgia, they count them early, too. But I think another part of this equation is that Around 11 o'clock when the West Coast, when the West Coast polls close, we're used to getting projections and then you have a pretty good idea. It was this way in 2016 as well. Mm-hmm. But with some of these lines, I mean, just speaking for here in Georgia during early voting, we've had people waiting in line until 11 p.m. because they have to let you vote as long as you're in line by seven. So if you have. A, a large percentage of East Coast polling places that haven't officially been able to close by 11 p.m. Eastern. That means, I mean, even if you wanted to try and go for any kind of like election night normalcy, you're not going to get it. And then it does come down to the number of mail-in ballots um, that that came in and the number of states that end up being key players where those things have or haven't been counted. Then it also depends on how close this race ends up being. My fear is that if it's close, we're going to be waiting for weeks. I think the only way that we don't wait is if turnout is so overwhelming that it's a landslide that can't be (laughs) disputed, right? But if it's close, as U.S. elections tend to be, we're going to wait for a while. So I think... It's better for everyone's mental health if you prepare yourself for this possibility. Like, don't like, of course, like it would be wonderful for us all to be pleasantly surprised on election night and be able to go to bed and sleep for the first fucking time in four years. Um, (laughs) But set your expectations at a reasonable level because we may need to buckle up for a while after this is done. Yeah, I, I think Laura makes a lot of sense. I'll be curious to find out, you know, if more people have voted this year than normal or if it's just an earlier turnout because of COVID. But I I don't know, it just kind of reminds me of when uh, Gore and Bush were running against each other and the recount took a lot of time. You know, everybody thought that that one person had won and then like there was a recount that was asked for and um, and then everybody was in limbo for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that was, I mean, of course, they were requesting a recount, but it wasn't contentious. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't have one candidate spewing verbal diarrhea all over <laughs> right. the Constitution right. <laughs> over it, right? <laughs> and that's what this will be. Mm, that's good. And I think the other frightening part of this is that you have the really dedicated, rabid Trump supporters, and God knows what they're going to do if we end up in a contested election. I mean, God knows what they're going to do anyway. Um, I'm I'm terrified of them no matter what. Yeah. But it just it seems like we could be in for a longer wait than what we're used to. And I just think it would be better for all of us if we were prepared for that possibility. You're right. We should we should prepare for that. Uh, I'm hopeful to your point a couple of minutes ago that turnout is so overwhelmingly in Joe Biden's favor that it's abundantly clear by the end of election night that 
he is going to become our next president. That's my hope. Might be a fantasy, but... Yeah, it's my hope, too. What's worth keeping in mind, though, is, you know, Democrats overwhelmingly tend to make up the majority of early voting um, Mm -hmm. or early voters. And Republicans tend to turn out to vote on Election Day. So it'll be interesting to see if those trends hold true. But it depends on what that Election Day turnout looks like. Well, I'm excited to announce that we did commission new Joe Biden artwork to replace the Trump artwork in the Millennial Album Art, and it is ready to go. So the moment that Joe Biden is projected to be the winner, I will update the album art with Joe's face. Yeah. So y'all make sure you go vote if for no other reason (laughs) than we want to update our album art. (laughs) Please, Don't you want to get Trump's face off our album art? (laughs) We sure do. And we'll burn all those Trump stickers. It'll be a whole party. (laughs) Um, And then just another thing of interest um, for those of us who hang out on Twitter. I know we've talked about this before. It's another um, study out of Pew Research. We had talked a few months ago about how the majority of tweets in the U.S. are coming from a very small and vocal percentage of users. Um, Well, it turns out that Democrats produce the majority of tweets among U.S. adults, like to the tune of almost 70 percent. So it's just something to keep in mind when you're scrolling through your feed. If you're seeing a lot of dialogue that reinforces what you think, um, it's just good to keep in mind that that's not necessarily reflective of the electorate, nor is it necessarily reflective of how this election is going to turn out. So don't let it make you complacent. And of course, it's all on who you follow, too. Yeah. So we still have a lot to get to today. We're going to talk about cops on television and if those shows should be canceled. And we're also going to bring on one of our listeners. We're going to talk to Amy about being a teacher during the pandemic. We have a new sponsor this week who I'm so excited to tell you about. You've heard us talk about meal kit delivery services before, like HelloFresh. And our newest sponsor, EveryPlate, is actually owned by HelloFresh. But every plate is different. They are America's best value meal kit. Get meals you'll enjoy and your bank account will love even more delivered right to your door. One meal at every plate is about the same price as a cup of coffee. And the food is still absolutely delicious and high quality. We've been cooking every plate meals over the past couple of weeks and we've been floored by every one of them. For example, the other day we cooked up Tuscan herb chicken over creamy tomato linguine. Oh my gosh, it was so good and I can't stop thinking about it. This week on our menu, we've got caramelized onion burgers with horseradish aioli and potato wedges. Looking forward to that as well. Recipes come together in about 30 minutes. Every plate's easy to follow recipes and the pre-portioned ingredients not only reduce food waste, but also make cooking easy and fun. If you've been on the fence about meal kit delivery because of the prices, or you want to try one you haven't before, every plate is the one to try, because every plate is up to 58% cheaper than other major meal kits out there. They can get these to you cheaper by sending less packaging and keeping the ingredients simple, and those simple ingredients come together for excellent meals. We've got a special deal for you to really entice you to try. Get three weeks of EveryPlate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code MILL3. This is the perfect time to try this with the COVID cases on the rise. Stay home, but give yourself some great dinners that you haven't had before. Again, get three weeks of EveryPlate meals for only $2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code MILL3. 
So, um, weirdly, we're coming up on the start of fall TV. It's obviously kicking off a little late this year because of COVID. So any semblance of a lineup that's happening on any of the networks y'all follow is due to start very soon. And so I thought it would be interesting to talk about cop shows because they're everywhere. Um, Even if you don't watch them, they are on all four of the major networks, which are ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox. Many of these networks have multiple procedural series in their lineups. Um, But the storytelling is a little bit skewed on these shows for a variety of reasons. And so it's just really interesting to think about where these series go following the protests against police brutality, which have been, you know, very much in the spotlight this whole year. So per THR, who had some stats to share, shows about police officers accounted for 19.6% of all scripted network television programming from September 2019 to May 2020. So that was last year's television season. Um, And the outlet also says that seven of the 15 most popular scripted series last season were police or crime dramas. So they're very popular even still. Um, there's also some not so nice stats here. A nonprofit civil rights advocacy organization called Color of Change conducted a study earlier in 2020 where they looked at 26 different procedurals. And in their research, they found that 81% of the showrunners were white men, 78% of writers were white in general, and 20 out of the 26 shows had just one black writer on staff or none at all. Uh, They also had a bunch more stats, but one that I found really interesting was that when it came to the characters that are portrayed in series, Black men were only portrayed as victims 12% of the time, while Black women were only portrayed as victims just 9% of the time. So, I mean, obviously, representation in writers' rooms, we talked about that a lot before on this show, and it's just important to understand what the makeup is when you're looking at shows and even movies that you watch, because it really does, you know, affect the way that storytellers choose to, um, you know, tell their tales. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, given the rise of awareness in terms of police brutality, not anything new, but it's definitely, you know, a topic that has been discussed a lot this year. Rightly so, people are questioning whether shows like these tend to fuel negative stereotypes, not just about black people, but also just about people of color, uh, because they're oftentimes depicted as criminals or victims of their own choice. Um, And even in terms of just cops in general, a lot of times, even if they're not following the rules, they always have like a reason for why and how that's okay. whether that's just because they're in pursuit of justice or, you know, they might they might like. Um, lead with a hard hand, but it, it's all in the name of good, you know. So uh, there's definitely right. a narrative that's pushed there, whether on purpose or not. So I wanted to start off by asking you guys if you're into cop or crime procedurals, either comedy or drama, because they fall on both ends of the spectrum. And if so, which ones you have watched in the past or which ones you currently watch now? Yeah, I think the only one in recent history that I ever really followed was Dexter. I mean, anyone who was a fan of Dexter knows that the way that show ended was crap. So like, really only recommend the first four seasons. Did um, you see it's coming back for a season? Yes. And I'm not. Ooh, I'm not I was, I knew you. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were a fan. So I was thinking about you. No, I, I was not pleased. I was like, can you just 
leave that alone so we can forget that horrible ending. Um, But anyway, I know that like sometimes if I'm just browsing for something to watch kind of mindlessly, I'll go for Law & Order SVU. And I know that's popular for a lot of people, too. Yeah, I was into Law & Order SVU for years, I think mainly during my college years. And I've been meaning to try it again because I just it's just a good show to binge all day when you got nothing else going on mm-hmm. if you're messed up. Um, but I used to really like Cops, the show that aired on Fox, following police officers as they were taking on real crime in their city, allegedly. It was reality TV. That was probably why I liked it. And then I know recently there was what was the show called uh police night live 911 it was cops but live allegedly but i know it was popular because they didn't it just get pulled off the air too recently it did it did because of everything that's been going on this year maybe it was called live pd i don't know but anyway it was a modern cops and that's the extent of it in terms of what i would watch law and order and cops i think both of you kind of hit the nail on the head for my next question which is what the draw for these kinds of shows are and i think it really is just that like you can tune in at any point in the season and you don't necessarily have to watch yeah. the whole trajectory like you could but it's not necessary right like with law and order you could just watch one episode or you could watch 10 yeah they're very self-contained but the problem is these shows that we're talking about glorify police and that's been the problem with them. The cops are always the heroes in these shows. And- right. Well, and even for the cops who are conflicted or more con- characters that we're more conflicted about, um, there's always more justification and context provided for them. So, like, for example, you have, you know, in talking about Dexter, he's a fucking serial killer, but we're supposed to be okay with it because he's only killing other killers. But other people end up getting hurt along the way (laughs) of that Mm -hmm. journey. So, you know, we don't get that kind of additional context about any of his victims. Yeah. You know, it's it is kind of weird. You are you are kind of put in that position of getting more understanding and more character development, which is, I think, a natural progression for the show's main characters are going to learn more about them. But the people who are spotlighted as victims or criminals, we see them for like one episode or maybe two and that's it. It very much boxes them into this like black or white, like you're either good or bad. Yeah. I mean like the anti-hero storyline for something like a Dexter or anything else that fits in that genre. The reason that those characters are so popular is because they do have time to to peel back the layers for them because they're there mm-hmm. every episode of every season. Um, when you guys tune into it, doesn't just necessarily have to be police shows, but it can be. I mean, are, are we are we conscious of the narrative that that um, our entertainment is feeding us as viewers and how it might, you know, maybe accidentally skew an unconscious bias, or are we just like tuning in to tune out? And it's okay if it's the latter. I would say it's a mix of both because they are propping up the police in these shows. So you do get a better feeling about police, maybe unconsciously. Yeah. And oh, they're all they're all so friendly. Look at them. That's so nice. Yeah. I mean, I I'm not caught up, but I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's probably like the only cop show that I watch. And it, right. it is kind of interesting when you take a step back because, you know, all of those characters are so goofy. But mm-hmm. you also 
like have to think that people that are out there and and are making you know careers out of this profession some of which are terrible people are not just like goofy happy-go-lucky characters that you want to go grab a drink at the bar with for example you know what i mean yeah but brooklyn 99 is different because that is a comedy like does anybody take that show super seriously in terms of its portrayal of cops probably not probably not but i think it's still like you know could potentially uh drive home the idea that cops are friendly and likable yeah or you know sort of consider the alternative consider that you were somebody who, for whatever reason, was wronged by a police officer, and you see a show making light of police officers and like, oh, yeah, they're just so goofy and happy-go-lucky. Like, think about how that would make you feel mm-hmm. just on a personal level, you know? Like, obviously, we're not we're not sitting here saying that, like, all cops are good and all cops are bad. It's clearly, like, it, it's a far more nuanced conversation than that, but I would agree. I think, Pam, with the overall point you're making is that we we get a lot of nuanced portrayals of like the police as characters themselves so we're able to empathize with some of their less than desirable decision making at times but we don't get that type of representation for characters who are portrayed as you know criminals or victims mm-hmm. and that can really feed into our own implicit biases yeah that's very well said i do think and this may be your next question but i i think these shows are probably on the way out i don't think you'll see many more of these shows in the develop in development in the near future because it's just a very touchy subject right now and any show that stars cops whether reality or, or scripted is bound to um get a lot of negative attention i think yeah i mean that's something that obviously is up in the air it's uh i think that it'll be interesting to see how the networks weigh that out for sure Mm -hmm. because on Mm -hmm. one hand you know they know that these shows do really well and that's why many of them have been on for a really long time like ncis um one of you guys mentioned law and order blue bloods also long running um cbs has like an entire chicago lineup that's all intermingled They're all very popular. Yeah, all of them are super popular. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, obviously the dollar drives the decision, but it is kind of bad press, especially where the um, the conversation is heading right now. That being said, uh, given all of the protests uh, surrounding police brutality, a lot of these showrunners are speaking out and talking about how, you know, they plan to move forward, whether or not they're going to address certain more real world issues. Um, mm-hmm. Do you guys think that shows should be doing a better job of depicting more all encompassing pictures of, of law enforcement on the whole? I definitely think so. Mm-hmm. But I think even that would come under scrutiny from yeah. police unions and I don't know, whoever else that probably a lot of the viewers would be pissed about it as well because they all like cops. In all yeah, I know. They, uh, people that, that try, it's like usually you get a lot of backlash for others saying, oh, you guys are trying to be too PC. That's like the main argument, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, and the reality is, in so many situations, there's not at least for us, the public, like for the court of public opinion, we're so frequently missing out on 
key details of cases that become high profile. And that can sort of drive people to take like a you're with us or against us type stance. Um, I don't think that's super helpful for our own national dialogue. And it would be really interesting to watch shows like this really grapple with that. Like it would be really interesting to see a main character on one of these prelim on one of these uh, primetime cop dramas fuck up and like really fuck up and do <laughs> mm-hmm. something that they deserve to be kicked off the force for or be tried for or potentially go to jail for because that does happen. Maybe that's how they'll write out characters in the future. Yeah. If they haven't already. Maybe. That's mm-hmm. But idea. also like certain types of crimes. I feel like sometimes these police dramas get really lazy with the crimes. It's like, oh, you know, <laughs> certain types of people tend to fall into certain types of categories when it comes towards like what kinds of victims they are or what types of crimes they committed. And there are a lot of victims that I don't think get a lot of representation in this. Like thinking about Pam, you mentioned that black men and women are so underrepresented as victims on these shows. What about the fact that black trans women are murdered at an alarmingly high rate comparative to the rest of the population? Yeah, that's a real world problem. And it it deserves that kind of representation. Yeah, law and order. Get on it. That's like the perfect vehicle (laughs) for that. And in terms of the ideas that they come up with these days, I mean, these shows have also been on for like 20 years. They've run out of any original ideas (laughs) unless they do those episodes that are ripped from the headlines. I'm sure I was going to say, I'm sure they go scouring for for stuff like that. I mean, like, look at Grey's Anatomy. They they -hmm. definitely pull from real world headlines. Um, All medical dramas do. So there's not really a a right or wrong answer here, but I don't know. I just think that um, it's just really interesting to talk about how um, our real world is reflected in the media and how it affects how we think, whether we realize it or not. So just some food for thought. Yeah, it is something to be aware of for sure. For sure. Okay, we are joined now by one of our Bay supporters over at Patreon, Amy. Hi, Amy. Welcome to Millennial. Hi, thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's great to have you here. You were on MuggleCast at one point as well. Yes. So you're just knocking out all the pods. Boom, yes. boom, boom. <laughs> thank you for the support. We really appreciate it. And actually, that we invited you on now was really perfect timing. Because tell us what you do and about yourself. I am a teacher. Um, so I teach high school right now. Um, I teach English. I actually started teaching seventh grade and did that for three years and then, or did four years and then ninth grade for three years. And now I teach 11th grade English. So I kind of keep moving on up. (laughs) Yeah. So I actually, the students I have this year, this is the third time I've had them because I had them in seventh and ninth grade as well. Oh my gosh. That's funny. That's funny. I'm sure some of those students, you probably wish you didn't see a third time. No kidding. Uh, (laughs) I thought Amy was going to say, I, no comment, no comment. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they don't listen to this. I think I can get away with it. (laughs) So, and you live in Indiana? I do. So I live in Southern Indiana, um, pretty rural area. I'm not too far from Louisville, Kentucky. That's kind of the big city near me. And so that's where I go to do fun things because there are no fun things where I live. Okay, cool. But you are in Pence country, being in Indiana. It's really sad. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. I mean, I, I, I live where I grew up. I teach at the school that oh, okay. I went to. Um, so oh, nice. I just don't want to leave family, but wouldn't hate to leave the area. Yeah, no, completely understand, of course. Um, so you're teaching in school right now. Yes. During the worst pandemic of our lifetime. Yes. How has that been going so far? In class, it's honestly not that different right now. Um, we're doing what they say face-to-face instead of virtual. Um, so my actual day-to-day is not too terribly different from what it was before, besides the fact that we're wearing masks um, and I'm cleaning things way more than I ever have before. Um, <laughs> and there's just a few more regulations on seating charts and things like that. Do you prefer this or do you wish that you were teaching digitally right now? I mean, if I'm going to go with what's easier, face-to-face is easier. It is not easy Mm -hmm. to do virtual learning, um, but I think it is a better idea for what we are in right now to do virtual learning. I would prefer that, yes. Yeah. So it's definitely more work for teachers, but it is safer. (laughs) Right, right. But on the other hand, I bet parents are probably thrilled that their kids are going to school because if they're working from home or if they need to go to work, they need to figure out what to do with the kid. Yeah. Although your kids are in high school, so it's a little different. But it is. But yeah, I mean, that's still the case. And, you know, one thing that we came across in the spring, because like in the spring, we did go virtual. Um, So our Mm -hmm. last quarter was not in person um, when everything hit. And we have a lot of kids, because we're in such a rural area, that don't have good internet access. And so for Mm -hmm. those kids, we were printing paper packets and stuff like that, which was a pain um, because they had to come to the school and do like a drive-through pickup for that. And now we've said this year that if we were to go virtual, we wouldn't do paper anymore and that the parents would just have to like find somewhere to take the kids to get internet which oh wow seems a little rough (laughs) yeah yeah so has anybody in your school come down with covid yes um we've had i think about 10 cases um and my school is pretty small so we have about 400 kids in the high school we are in the same building as the middle school though so there's about 600 kids total there oh and i'm not yeah there might have been some cases in the middle school i don't know for sure honestly um but i've had um my own students that have been tested positive dang does that freak you out yeah so like our our quarantine procedure um is if a student tests positive or i guess anybody but i don't think any teacher has tested positive if a student tests positive anybody that has been within six feet of them for at least 15 minutes at a time gets quarantined for 14 days and so our principal will literally come in with a tape measure go to their seat because we have to have seating charts everywhere and the classroom at lunch on school buses and you will literally measure six feet so he came in it was probably the second or third week of school which we're in week 10 now um and he said you know okay you've had a positive case in your room and he was like let's go see you know how many kids it's going to take out and he pointed to the front row middle desk and I was like holy shit there's no way I'm not getting (laughs) quarantined because my desk is right in front of that um and he got a tape measure and he was like oh no you're good you were seven feet away so because I was a magical (laughs) extra foot away I was a lot spoiler alert that didn't make any difference but I guess you get tested regularly or do you just wait for symptoms I just wait yeah okay so Mm. I haven't had any symptoms luckily yeah so that was I mean that one took out so many kids in that class that I have 19 kids in that class, but I only had four in there for two weeks. Jesus. Wow. 
And my question is, I mean, how effective is this six-foot rule? I mean, I understand that there are seating charts for everything, but presumably you can't control how close people are getting to each other at all times, like when they're walking through the halls and things like that. No, I totally agree. My classroom is <laughs> tiny. And so I was just like, if somebody in here gets it, everyone's exposed. But right. if you're outside of that six-foot range, they don't count. Um, like I coach volleyball as well so that just ended Um, and like on our away games we would ride a bus as a team and we would sit the girls one to a seat and make them sit against the windows and as long as they weren't you know either in front or behind them that wouldn't count as within six feet even though we were all in the same vehicle together wow that's insane (laughs) so well we're glad you haven't caught it yet at least that you know of yeah, um, we're glad true. you're doing okay. Um, has your school district stated that if cases grow to a certain number that they'll shut the school down again or what? Well, we pushed for this a lot over the summer. So I'm, I'm in the teachers union uh, at my school and we don't always get along super well with administration, but um, mm. we kind of kept asking all summer long because we just weren't getting answers. Like, you know, what's going to happen? What, what is the threshold here? And finally, basically, like once school started, our superintendent said, if we reach 20% kids, then we'll we'll shut back down to virtual. We took that to be 20% of kids not in school because, you know, like I said, with one positive can take out 20 or 30 kids because they're in seven different classes throughout the day and lunch. So they're with different kids all day long. Um, And so at one point, that point when I had my one positive in my room, there was another positive case at the same time. We had 30% of our students in the high school on virtual. And during that time, like each teacher individually has to connect with those students and make sure that they're being caught up while also still teaching the kids they have in class. So we were like, Hey, we have 30% of kids out. Like, you know, should we probably shut down? And he was like, no, not 20% of kids absent, just 20% positive cases, which is not going to happen where we live. (laughs) And so we're basically never going virtual. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he said that the only thing that might do it is we only have right now four subs for our entire corporation. So elementary, middle, and high school, because no one wants to sub right now, which why would you? Um, so the only thing that would really shut us down is if too many teachers had to be quarantined. I see. Jesus. Okay. And wow. have you had any students or their families refuse to partake in in-person learning? Oh, yeah. We, um, we did make it an option this year for kids to do virtual, Um, but they had to choose at the beginning of the year and they can't change their mind to come back until like second semester. They also can't change their mind to like go to virtual now. Like we set a cutoff date at like the second week of school. Wow. That's crazy. And you told me that you've seen Trump masks in school. Yes. The students or the teachers? The students. Um, I don't think I work with anyone that stupid. Um, yeah. But I, I guess I don't know for sure. But I know the, the teachers I'm close with, they're not on the Trump train. But um, yeah. yeah, there's several students who, I mean, for the last few years, I've seen Trump shirts and stuff like that. But now it's like big Trump 2020 across their face. And oh. I just want to puke when I look at it. Yeah, it's so backwards to wear a Trump mask. No kidding. I know. <laughs> He's the reason you're wearing this mask in October. I know. And one of them is, is so... He's always been a pain in my butt, but 
every class period every time I have him he's like did you really sanitize my desk this class class period and I'm like you've got a Trump mask on shut up like you don't get to ask me if I cleaned well enough drink bleach kid sanitize your own damn desk <laughs> one time I really yeah. did just spray sanitizer on a towel and I was like here do it again if you really want to I don't care oh yeah. lord yeah I am hurt. so sorry you yeah. you are a superhero yeah, and that's what everyone you. said in the spring when it first happened, and then when we were like, "Hey, maybe we shouldn't go back in August." Everyone said we were selfish. So Damn. unreal. We hope everything stays okay there. I mean, what did you say? Ten cases in the school? Yeah, I think 600 so. So far, students total. I mean, I guess that tells you that social distancing and masks work. Only yeah. ten in an enclosed building. You know, and I meeting will say each other every several day. of those came from because like the kids and like I know this is one of the questions you put on there, so I don't know if you were gonna ask it in a minute, but the kids like in school they'll wear their masks, they don't complain too terribly much. Every once in a while I have to tell them to pull it back up because they'll pull it down around their chin. But outside <laughs> of school, they're they're still hanging out, they're still having yeah. parties. Like I mean, I, I teach kids who could drive, their parents are letting them go out, and that's where they're catching it, and then they're coming back to school and spreading it. Right. That's so and spreading interesting it to their family members. That their families are like totally okay with them. Oh yeah. In this area. They just want them out like, of the house. Yeah, whatever. It's no big deal. I know. It's just I mean, the flu. I, I, I well, yeah, there's that argument, but also yeah. parents probably just can't take it anymore. The the kids being in the house all day. Yeah, that's fair. you know the, the high school age uh, high school age kids are insufferable, right? I mean, you're not friends with your parents during those years in most cases. You're not, but I also think be a damn parent like i mean right, i deal with a right. hundred high school age kids all day long they can deal with their yeah. one at home for a little well, while you're longer. the superhero the parents not <laughs> uh cool well thank you for filling us in on all of that and we're gonna have you hang around in after dark because pam you came up with a great idea for after dark today tell us about it oh yeah since we have an actual teacher on i thought it would be pretty funny to see if uh we can remember some basic uh, facts from when we were in high school, some general knowledge. So um, I pulled some <laughs> quizzes. I don't know if we'll go through all of them or just one, but I still think it'll probably be really funny to see if we're uh, actually as smart as we think we are. So yeah, yeah, not, I love it. I'm not <laughs> well, counting on being any semblance of smart. <laughs> I, I think the math ones I'll be okay in. Everything else, eh, I don't Well, I don't between really know. the three of us, maybe we can be like one decently smart student <laughs> yeah and amy can grade us at the end yeah, flunk us. us or tell you us can be honest amy you can tell us if we failed <laughs> before we get to recommendations today the holiday shopping season is almost back and you know who else is back to sponsor this week's episode one of our favorite sponsors ever honey it is the free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically applies the best one available at checkout you get Honey on your computer for free in two easy clicks by going to joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. Then, when you're checking out on one of its over 30,000 supported sites, Honey pops up and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons for that site, and if Honey finds working codes, it'll apply the best one to your cart, and boom, just like that, you've saved a little bit of money. I was just using Honey yesterday while ordering some new bed sheets, a promo code we used to have for this company here on the podcast doesn't work anymore sigh so i looked to honey to find me some coupons and i saved a good 30 dollars on my sheets boom just like that and look honey it's probably the only sponsor we'll ever have 
who will actually put money back in your pocket. There's no cost. They're just saving you money. It costs you absolutely nothing to use and only saves you cash. And while holiday shopping this year, the savings you get from Honey are going to seriously add up because every site's got a coupon code and Honey's got those codes waiting for you. So it's simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and works with whatever browser you use. You can get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. That's joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L today. Use it. This is a lifesaver extension. Joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. The only thing we ask is that you use that URL so they know that we sent you. Thank you very much. And thank you to Honey. Yeah, legit. Have you used it recently, Laura? Yeah. So I'm actually having to purchase materials for our condo rebuild. And I mean, I've saved $80 on things. And when you think about that, like $80, that's... You know, that's a cell phone payment or like part of a car payment. So it really does add up. That's some dollar bills at the strip club. Yeah, exactly. Claremont Lounge. Claremont. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's time for recommendations. I want to recommend a new toy I bought over the weekend. Nintendo has launched this new game, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. I really recommend this as a holiday gift. You get an actual Mario vehicle. And look at what's behind Mario. There's a camera behind him. You actually race this physical car in the real world. And the camera shows up on your TV screen through Nintendo Switch. And you are actually racing through the TV screen. It's like virtual reality. It's super cool. You first drive your course so it can map the course digitally. And you can, you know, you can put pillows in the way. You can put your pet toys in the way. There's checkpoints You have to put four checkpoints out to create a course and then you start racing and you could buy another you can buy another one of these cars and race with a friend. It is so cool. I'm really impressed by this technology and I've just been having a lot of fun with it and the cars go really fast. So it's actually really impressive. And when like a shell hits you digitally on the screen, your car will stop moving. And similarly, if you get a mushroom, your car will go faster. It's so cool. So check out Mario Kart Live Home Circuit. Dumb name, but awesome game available now. It's $99. It's kind of expensive. So that's why I say make it a holiday gift. Um, I want to recommend one of my favorite spook season fixtures, uh, Haunted Places by the folks over at Parcast Network. They have a whole bunch of really good podcasts, but I really like Haunted Places. During the month of October, they do an Urban Legends series, and they've also just launched a ghost sightings and like ghost experiences series that's really good. So definitely check it out if you're looking for some spooky stuff. I wanted to recommend the Blackpink documentary on Netflix. Blackpink is uh, a K-pop group that I am aware of. I feel like everybody knows who they are now. They're huge. Uh, But I admittedly did not know very much about them. And it was just really cool to learn more about the industry and their rise and the members that make up the group. So I would highly recommend it, even if you don't listen to their music or don't know anything about them because it's a really interesting watch. And I also want to recommend another podcast. Um, Since I am talking about teaching today, I thought I would recommend my favorite teacher podcast. It's called um, Crying in My Car, a podcast for teachers. And there's lots of (laughs) inspirational podcasts out there for teachers. This is not one of them. This one (laughs) is hilarious. It's a comedy podcast. And um, the host is Devin Siebold. He is a teacher, but he's also a stand-up comedian. 
and he talks about how our job kind of sucks sometimes and he makes it funny mm. for us. And so if you are a teacher, I would really recommend listening to that. Cool. Great. Definitely Thank adding you. it. And Amy, thanks f- so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. And, Thank you and for, for your support. Me. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's been great having you. And uh, we're going to hang out more in After Dark today. If anybody wants to get in touch with us, you can email Millennial Show at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. We also have the confessional there. Again, great after dark last week. We read a lot of confessionals submitted by our patrons. I feel like the patrons were extra open because it was through Patreon. I don't know, but good job, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, also follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. Pamela. I'm Amy. Bye, everybody. Bye. Where a mask, wear a mask. Is this really much to ask? Tie some fabric round your face. Oh, it's the simplest of tasks. At the gym, at the store, don't treat it like such a chore. No, these mandates aren't malicious. All your theories are fictitious. Stop the lies, stop the fights. No one's taking away your rights. All this speculation makes me need a flask. Come on and read some data. All you masturbators wear a mask, wear a mask, wear a mask. It's a mask, it's a mask. Heaven's sakes, it's just a mask. Such a shame that asking folks to follow rules gets you harassed. You can shout, you can glare, but listen, Karen, I don't care. Never seen folks so dramatic over a f***ing piece of fabric. Hard to breathe, feels too hot, quit your bitching, there's a thought. Suck a top and don't you give me any sass. We've got a lot to do and it's not just the flu. So wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Wear a mask, wear a mask, get your head out of your ass. Try to think of someone other than yourself, it's all we ask. While you sit, watching Fox <laughs> Okay, oh, I hadn't gotten amazing. further than the Lumiere part, so all that, the rest of that was new to me. And wow, that, I didn't know it got so really... vicious. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. She brought it home for me. Yeah, she did. That went super viral <laughs> over the weekend. Whoever did that did an amazing job. Noah Linquist. <laughs>